Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Welcome back to the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I virtually invite people into the Blog Cabin to chat about life. And today we're talking about how you can overcome your life, um, what happens in your life, how you can, instead of making it your mess, make it your message. And I'm chatting with Amy. Welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, nice to be here. So tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so I'm, um, I live in Wales, which is in the UK. And I'm a singer and currently a voiceover artist, which I started at the end of 2019. But you've had to come out, overcome a lot of challenges to get to where you're at today. You were diagnosed with sensory neuropathy type 11. So let's talk about that first. Okay. So first of all, sorry, it's, it's, it's sensory neuropathy type 2. And I'll put the 2 as 11. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how many are there. I just know there's one and two. Um, yeah, so I was diagnosed with that when I was four years old, and it means that I can't feel hot or cold anywhere throughout my body, only in my mouth. Um, but it also means that I can't feel superficial pain. So when I hurt myself, I don't know. Like I did yesterday, actually, I, I cut my foot and I didn't see, I only saw when the blood was like on the floor. <laughs> um, so I can't really feel things. Um, yeah, it's just uh, quite difficult, but it also meant that um, because it affected my spine. I stopped growing at the age of 11. And I also developed osteoarthritis by my mm. early teens. So it was uh, quite a difficult time. <laughs> so how did you get out of the mindset of, you know, instead of this happened to me, make it work for you? Not, you know, what I'm saying is instead of always being down and depressed, like I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't feel pain. So I'm, I'm sure you were probably sheltered as a kid as saying, you know, you can't go out because I'm afraid if you get hurt, you're not going to know you're hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I sheltered, you know, quite a lot of my life. Um, I think when something happens like this to you, when you're very young, you kind of learn, you learn to adapt. I think at later age, you kind of find it, you know, when you, 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 something you've been able to do all your life and then you stop, that's probably harder than having being, you know, born Mm. or brought or you know, develop it as, as, as a child and kind of navigating your way. Um, yeah, when you went from when you're very young, so you get used to it by the, you know, by the time you're an adult, you kind of already know how to, how to get your mindset around that. And it, it does take practice. It does take time. I mean, I've suffered from a lot of depression over the years. It hasn't been easy uh, to keep things going. A lot of the time it's just like, oh, what is the point? <laughs> but, you know, you kind of can't stay that way for too long. Otherwise, you never get anywhere <laughs> yeah so you talked about suffering for, with depression was music one of the things that made you come, kind of come out of the depression was that one of the things that you just kind of navigated to yeah I think you get used to it it's kind of like a like an up and down spiral um so you kind of go down when things are just going really badly or nothing is moving and then I mean you, I kind of lift myself out of it like um, I kind of force myself to lift myself out of it whenever I've gotten to that that stage because I know that if I don't 
I want to spend that, you know, time goes really quickly. So, I mean, I just don't know where the years are going. And so if you stay in it too long, the life is going to be over and you, you know, I have nothing to say. So I have to keep that in my mind all the time when I'm going through a low point going, well, you know, I can't do anything about this and this. So I just have to get on with it and actually make something that I, you know, something positive that I'm going to be happy about and maybe want to do more of that. Do you channel those emotions into your music? Yeah, yeah, I used to when I was when I was singing. I used to do a lot of the um, <laughs> a lot of the depressing love songs really well. I was kind of known <laughs> as a ballad singer because <laughs> I could just relate to all of that. So that was fun. I mean, as as I well as I kind of learned to accept everything and maybe become a little bit more happier with things, I kind of stopped doing the the sad songs so much. <laughs> I love that. So. What made you gravitate toward music and being a voiceover as well? Because I love your voice, by the way. I love anybody that has that type of accent that's from the UK and around the surrounding areas. I love that. And the Australian accent, like my Surrey's Australian accent. So there you go. I love that, just that whole listening to you. But what made you gravitate toward the music and say, this is what I want to do with my life? Well, I've always sung there's not a time when I don't remember singing. So I entered my first talent competition at the end of um, age of six. I have two older sisters. So we all used to sing together. Um, there was just always music in the house. So I think that was kind of a natural thing for me. And because I was going through a lot of physical uh, disabilities at the time, it was kind of like, um, it was just like a, oh, I can't think of the word now, but it's just like a safe haven, something mm -hmm. that I could do that didn't take didn't require much effort because it was natural for me my projection was always really good I had a lower kind of husky voice when I was younger so and I was always like known as the short girl with the big voice but everyone would know who I was wherever I'd go everybody would recognize me so I guess that's one good thing about being small <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that now let's talk about how you navigated your um the sensory neuropathy number two, type two now, now that I know it's not 11. And how did you um, navigate that? Did Was the reason why you turned to music was because you couldn't play sports like other kids because you couldn't tell if you were hurt or not? Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't just that so much. Um, I think it was the doctors didn't know much about it. Actually, they didn't know anything about it. So I was only like one of five in the country during this time. So they, especially when the arthritis kicked in, they were looking at older people who obviously they knew were suffering from arthritis and they had a lot of knowledge with. So I was quite active until that time. And then they said, oh, you should stop all exercise. And mm -hmm. that was the wrong thing to do in mm -hmm. honesty, because I was on my bike, I was roller skating. And then when they said stop, I did nothing. I sat on the sofa all day and well, when I wasn't in school and watched TV. So I mean, I don't, I, there used to be a time when I did blame the doctors a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then you have to kind of, well, you know, they were only, you know, saying what was best that they knew at that time. So I can't really blame them for <laughs> changing my life, I guess. <laughs> I love that. When we come back, I know I mentioned in my talking points that I sent to you, um, would you perform a few bars for us so we can see the, the small girl with the big voice when we come back? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. So we'll be right back after commercial. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode.
chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. Homeschooling just got easier and deliciously fun. My new book, Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families is a delightful devotional the whole family will love. With encouragement for mom, fun family activities, conversation starters, and simple baking recipes. It's sure to feed your family's faith while building lasting memories in just minutes a week. And we are back chatting with Amy. Before we went to commercial, I asked her to perform a few bars for us because, as she said, she was the little girl with the big voice when she was growing up. So, Amy, it's all yours. Okay. Well, as it's Christmas coming up, I'll uh, sing a few bars of a Christmas song. <laughs> Sleigh bells ring, I listen in the lane. Snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. Wow, you do have an amazing voice. Now, you also created, you wrote your own album and you released a few singles. So let's talk about what it felt like to actually create the album, going through that whole process of getting the album out there. Yeah, it was a learning curve. <laughs> I'll say that because I've never done it before. So I never thought that I could write my own songs. I did used to write poetry when I was younger, but I never thought that I could actually make a song out of it. So when I did manage to do that, I was really, really excited. So after I finished one song, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to make an album. So I was thinking about how many songs do I need? And like, okay, about nine. So I kind of wrote nine songs in a couple of weeks. Um, I had a band that I performed with on a regular basis so I got them together I wrote all the music out and got them uh to play and get play through it and yeah it just it was it just really came together they really helped me a lot and then I went into the studio and recorded it it wasn't an easy process a lot of people dropped out a lot of musicians so mm -hmm. I kind of had to navigate having to manage a, a project which I'd never done before um but then when it was actually created and, and the album was actually there it was yeah it was amazing it was probably one of the best moments of my life because it was just something that i wrote that was mine kind of like my baby <laughs> that i have a baby with my little baby um that i created from you know birth to mm -hmm. actual completion so it was nice and then seeing it on amazon and itunes and spotify it just get a very satisfactory feeling of you know something that i created from scratch and what's the name of your album for those that might want to go check it out? It's called A Sin With Love. So it's kind of a play on my name. It says Amy A. Sin, Sin Her With Love. <laughs> I love that. Now, what was your, the first time you ever heard it? Like you, the playback and you're like, oh my gosh, that is me on this album. Well, when, when you create it and you're singing it, you hear every little thing. So I was like, oh no, maybe I should change this and maybe I should change that. But then it came to the point when it's like, how how much do you do that before, you know, you just let it go and just let it released? I mean, looking back, there's so many things that I would change now if I did it again. But at the time, it was just like, you know what, I've done it. Let's just let's do it. There's only so much that, you know, you can kind of, you can't be, it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. So just kind of put it out then. So what was the response to it? Um, it was interesting because... 
when I wrote this song, it was for me, it was for myself. And it was, I think it was a different, it was a different kind of album because it was about my thoughts, which a lot of people, you know, they're not going to resonate to it. It wasn't a, a simple melody that people might like. I came from a jazz background. I had so many things going on in my head and I just wanted to put it all out there. So granted, it wasn't for everyone. But then at the same time, a lot of people did love it. So I was just like, all right, because I... I always, when you listen to pop music, my mm -hmm. biggest thing is that you can't hear the lyrics because it's just covered mm -hmm. with the music. So I made a point of having my vocals slightly louder and a lot of people didn't like that. But then a lot of people did. And so, they, you know, you kind of resonate with the people going, oh, I can actually hear what you're saying, which is great because the lyrics was half of the song. So I did what I wanted to do. And I just, you know, it didn't really bother me what anybody thought really. <laughs> Now, you graduated um, music college with a degree in music, which is jazz, and you recorded your album in New York. So what was it like recording in New York? Well, no, what happened was I collaborated. So after I did no. my album, I it was through social media, actually. This guy who had a record label based in New York, he liked my voice, and he was starting his own independent jazz label. So he was like, do you want to collaborate on a few songs or do you want to do an album? And I was like, yeah, no, that sounds brilliant. So from the from the amazingness that is remote recording i did my mm -hmm. vocals from here and he put it together in new york but it got quite a big buzz because anything from new york to the uk is kind of like and vice versa isn't it so it kind of made quite a quite an impact <laughs> let's talk about recording um what's the word you just used and now it's slipped my mind but recording like you're in wales and they're in new york remotely remotely yes remotely you would think i would know that after all this time but, you know recording that way because it's got to be kind of has its own challenges correct yeah it does it's hard when you're not actually in the room with someone uh telling you know and they're giving you direction of what to do so i was kind of kind of on my own we kind of so it was it was a little bit of a slower process so kind of go back and forth but I work quite fast um one of my great talents <laughs> i like to say is memorizing songs quickly um and i like to practice before i go into the studio because studio time costs money so mm -hmm. i don't I'm, I'm not one to go into the studio and then kind of play around going off you know from scratch so i do the bulk of it i know what i'm going to do and then i use the studio to record that and then maybe you know go back and forth a little bit of what what i can do and what i can change um so it was a little bit of a slower process because then i had to put it back you know send it to him and then he had to give his feedback and then if there was anything that I needed to change I did but then on the next like on the other hand it was it was brilliant that we could be so far away from each other and actually make a recording together without actually having to fly over there and I think with obviously with COVID and everything is going mm -hmm. on I think we were just ahead of our time <laughs> doing it that way. I absolutely love that so what kind of equipment did you have to kind of invest in for something like that like for instance like if somebody wanted to record an album remotely what would they have to invest in? Uh, well, I went into the studio for that, so they had the equipment, but it's good quality um, microphones, recording microphones. You also need um, a mixing desk, maybe maybe a 16, 16 uh, mixing desk, plug, plug in mixing desk. Um, no, I mean, doing the vocals, I mean, for instruments, you're going to have to get a lot more things in. You need, uh, you know, soundproofing. Um, and a proper like um amplifiers and things like that proper carpet to go down onto the floor so a lot of you know to record an actual in an actual studio instruments there's a 
you do probably do need to invest. But um, I, what happened was when I did the voiceovers, I actually made um, some space in my home, just a, a quiet space, bought a good quality microphone, bought just the, a laptop, good quality laptop. And then that's how I started doing from here. And I actually just finished um, doing a few blues tracks for a guy in Chicago and I managed to do it from from my home. So it's kind of just um, kind of trimming it down to suit what's mm -hmm. best for you. And everybody thinks that the most expensive equipment is the best, but I found that it's not because I'm not in a studio. So therefore I don't want a microphone that picks up, you know, surround sound. I want it mm -hmm. to pick up what my vocals is and not pick up the other other sound that's going on in the house or outside. So I think you kind of just have to do your research and study what's best for you and then take it from there. So let, you mentioned voiceovers. Let's talk about voiceovers. How did you get into that kind of lane of doing voiceovers? Yeah, it was just something that uh, my sister, my older sister suggested and it did resonate with me. And I thought, oh, all right, okay, maybe just try it out. So I did a little bit of research made a show reel and started putting it out there. I mean, it wasn't an easy thing because a lot of thousands of people have exactly the same idea as I have. So it is quite a very saturated market. Um, I think though you have to kind of find what you love to do and what you're good at and then just start pushing that out and and not listen to other people and you know to say how hard it is we know it's hard like singing we know it's hard we know it's difficult to you know make a name for yourself so you're just going to be happy with what you do and 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 I, I actually really loved it I got some really positive feedback and since then I've done a lot of things that I never actually even knew that I could do so it's kind of um, extended my repertoire uh, from that perspective. So you just mentioned you got to do a lot of things that you didn't think you could do so what were those things? Well, animation for one I never actually knew that I could do children's voices <laughs> I know. Uh, just oh, I can. I'll try that. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's yeah. That's that's the main one, I think. So, what's the process? How do you get hired? Do you have to go on auditions for people to hear what your voice sounds like for them to actually hire you? Basically, I mean, I also set up a website and I did loads of voice samples, um, so people can hear it. But I did. I've also joined a um an agency where they send me auditions and then i have to audition uh it is it's quite um it's it's monotonous because the auditions keep coming through and then it's up to me what auditions i want to do but i kind of really want to make this work so from morning to night i'm kind of like you know auditioning um all the time and then i get chosen or not chosen but it's great for me to practice as well considering i'm quite fairly new at this so i don't mind doing that so let's talk about the process of going through the auditions. Like you get the, your agent tells you, okay, sends you, here's an audition. Talk about what it's like step-by-step -step process of the audition. Okay. So they send a sample of their script. Um, they say the kind of style that they want it. They say how, you know, the tone of voice, you know, they, they want it kind of slow paced or kind of really fast talking quickly. And then I kind of read the script and I do it the way I do it. And then I submit it and then they um, they decide whether, oh, I give a quote. <laughs> and then they decide whether they, they want to move forward or not. Has there ever been one project where you're like, I really want this and then you don't get it? Or there's ever been a project where you think you did an awful job at auditioning and it turns around and you actually got the job? Oh, well, you know what? I do so many auditions a day. I do about 15 auditions a day. So I've kind of learned to forget. So if there, even if there isn't one that I really want, I kind of try and put it in the back of my mind because I know that I might probably not get it. I mean, yeah, there has been things that I've just done it really quickly and I have done that 
Um, but I do love it when they actually pick me on purpose saying I like your voice I'd really like you to do that because it makes it easier and I go right yeah that's great so I just get to do that so do you go into the studio to record it or can you record that as well at home no I record this at home so uh, when I started to do it I just um, made a little recording studio in my house um, and for um, for speaking it's slightly easier than singing you don't need you know I guess what you might need when you're you're, you're singing um, but I, I, I have been singing now, so I think I kind of with the with the speaking, I found ways of doing a really great recording, even from singing, um, finding ways to kind of soundproof the little area mm -hmm. that I have and, and make it like the best sound that I can. So let's talk about some of the ways that you can soundproof, because I know that's a lot of a lot of people right now are still working remotely from home. They're having their, they're having their kids running around in the background. Their dogs start barking because I know it's happened several times on this podcast and show is people will have um, deliveries delivered right in the middle of it and their uh -huh. dogs start going off. And I'm like, nope, not editing because that's real life. But let's talk about ways that you can soundproof. Well, you can put cushions all around to make the, the sound drier. You can also, I mean, I know some people are using a cupboard to actually go into, so they go into their little cupboard or they've made a, a cubby hole. So they put the microphone into the cubby hole and they're speaking into there. For me, I found a quiet area in my lounge and I've kind of put a screen um, and a, a pop shield. And I find that because um, it, it, it's a one directional mic, so it doesn't, it doesn't pick up anything else which is really great um so yeah it's just it's just again what's best what what's the right circumstance for you not everything is going to work for everybody some people don't have money to make it mm -hmm. a proper soundproofing so hence the cushions <laughs> just to dry out the the room to make it a better sound um but there's a lot of things online there's a lot of youtube videos that you can follow and i recommend doing that as well as uh, watching youtube videos for speaking i mean i've had uh, singing lessons since i was very young so I've known how to project my voice and use my voice in different kind of kind of turn it to do different accents and actually that's how I do the ch children's voices but if you don't want to get a hire a singing coach then as I said there's loads of things on YouTube that you can get you know tips and, and things that I do recommend yeah I, you've got to love YouTube YouTube you can learn anything on YouTube you've got to love that now I would love to hear, I would love to hear your your different voices that you can do <laughs> All right, so this is a general British voice. I can't do that many voices, I have to admit, but this is my general British voice, and I can go into a Welsh accent because I live in Wales, and everybody probably knows Gavin and Stacey, or if you don't, you probably should look it up because it's really famous. We've got Rob Brydon, so that's the Welsh accent. And then when I do um, like the Queen's posh, like really, really posh English, so you've got a cup of tea or everyone, everyone from America loves RP. This is RP, which they are talking about the Queen's English. So you have to talk really, really, like really, really pushly, <laughs> which, you know, people think that's the way just English people talk. When I say mm -hmm. where Wales is actually connected, they don't understand. <laughs> but um, they actually think, I don't know if you've seen Ted Lasso, it was quite funny because there's, there's a bit in it and he's asking how many countries are in this one big country. And it was like, oh, it's kind of like America. But yeah. Uh, it's quite funny but um yeah um and then yeah I can do the children's voice so I, I won't do it now because I have to go into it it's kind of like a higher pitch kind of have to like um yeah <laughs> but anyway yeah <laughs> but a voiceover artist not that many people can change their voice 
I know that's, that's all people ask me when, when I say I'm a voiceover artist. They go, all right, what voices and accents can you do? But there are loads of voiceover artists that just speak their, their normal voice. Um, they're chosen for, you know, like documentaries, wildlife, David Attenborough mm -hmm. kind of thing. So basically a voiceover artist can be anything from doing a commercial to doing uh, animation, like you said, cartoons and things like that, to actually doing a, like a documentary. It just depends on what the specific company needs, right? Exactly. I've, I've done a lot of um, voicemail for international companies in America. Um, I have done explainer videos for website and actually TV, um, TV. I haven't done TV yet. So that's what I really want to do. But I've done radio commercials. So it's kind of close. So I'm kind of like getting there, kind of, kind of, yeah, kind of homing in on what I really want to do and pushing for it. So where do you see the voiceover um, taking you? Do you see it maybe a motion picture where you're a voiceover, like animated uh, cartoon <laughs> or something like that? I would love to. I would love to do an animation. Yeah, that's something because I've always wanted to just use my voice. I'm not very good. I've never been a good actress, so I've never seen myself on the front of the screen but I always did want to do Disney I used to love doing Disney even singing like a Disney song you know being a Disney princess <laughs> so, <laughs> I know I'd love yeah putting it out there I would love to do Disney <laughs> putting it out there in the universe in universe hear me I want to do Disney <laughs> <laughs> yeah. speaking of Disney what's your favorite Disney character you know when you were asked what Disney character would you want to be um, and I've always had this in my head I would always like to be Belle from Beauty and the Beast because I love to read I love the color yellow I love French food and it's based in Paris I love to sing and <laughs> music and you know I, yeah I just love to get rescued by a beast <laughs> no, apart from that, I would like that, yeah. Beauty and the Beast Belle yeah <laughs> So what is up next for you? Are you planning on taking your music to the next level or taking the voiceovers to the next level? Which one? Well, I don't think they should be exclusive. So I'm going to combine both of them um, and do the music and the voiceovers because I do, as I said, I just did a blues, you know, through blues tracks and I haven't done, I haven't sung in a while. And it just reminded me how much I love to sing and how much I love to, because um, it was new songs that I was learning. So it's kind of challenging me that way. So I love that. I love learning new things. So I still like to do the music and I love performing, but I love also using my voice now in a speaking way. So I just love to do the voiceovers as well. So if I can combine the two, that would be amazing. Do you think you'll have another album in you? Um, Probably not. Not unless something happens I really 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 want to write some new songs I mean I sing a few singles yeah I won't rule that out but um I don't know I don't know you know I can't say no I never say never because you just never know <laughs> who were your musical idols the ones that you looked up to and that you listened to all the time that you're like I want to be like them or I want or I want the impact that they have I used to when I was growing up especially I used to love Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey Mm -hmm. They were just, you know, vocally, they were just absolutely amazing. And Tony Braxton. Um, now, now I kind of don't look at it in the same way. Um, you know, I just love kind of the older, I was really into jazz. You know, I just, I started off loving jazz. So I love um, the songwriters of that era as well, as much as the performance, but I love the, the songwriters. And I know, um, uh, what's his name? Stephen Sondheim died recently. Mm -hmm. And that was a big blow because I just loved you know, all, all the songs that he wrote. I love the musicals. 
it just it's just you know amazing. it's on another level to unfortunately what kind of people you know composers are doing now so mm -hmm. i think i just i just i'm not sure i think I maybe it's going to take a lot for maybe somebody to have a massive impact on me i mean i love ed sheeran um maybe he's one that i really do like and i do love other artists as well um but i can't think of one band like the beatles that would be you know really mm -hmm. really make an impact so to speak so what's the your go-to song when you're at, at your worst moment when like you were talking about earlier where you would get in that depression and you have to you know you have to get out of it what's your yeah. go-to song i'm really gonna embarrass myself <laughs> i love this one song and i don't know why i love it it just makes me happy since i was probably about 17 and i'm sticking with it and it it is probably i don't know if you've heard of it even but it is um hansen and umbop and i don't i just don't know why it just, yeah it just makes me it's, feel happy it's the tune it. of it it's the tune yeah. and you you cannot not dance you cannot <laughs> so our time is almost up is there anything that you want a last nugget that you want to leave people with oh um i would say you know so many bad things obviously with the virus it's just never ending isn't it when this omicron virus it just seems like one thing after another and coming so close to christmas we don't know what's going to happen and and just i think through life i think the probably you can get so depressed about things especially you know when you look into the future and go what what's going to happen time for me time has always been an issue um, and getting older and 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 i just found it difficult to work through that so now i just literally just take it one step at a time and I don't look too far ahead because I get so overwhelmed I think all right I'm not I just can't do it mm -hmm. so I think um and that would um suggest that people do if they're really having a hard time it's just focusing on the present and just maybe working in week or a couple of weeks in advance and just not thinking about what's going to happen because we really don't know what's going to happen in the future and anything can happen so instead of just living for the future just live for the present and have obviously have goals and things in mind, but you know, just just focus on where you are now, and and things will happen step by step, you know, to to where you want to go, one hundred percent. I absolutely love that. Now, is there? Um, you talked about COVID. How has that affected your business, and what's COVID like in the lockdown in Wales? Are you? How does another? I'm always interested to learn how other countries kind of navigate through this. Well, we were doing really well. We got the vaccine, you know, everyone was getting it. Lockdown had ended and then Omicron came. And now um, we don't, obviously we don't know how um, how deadly it is. I mean, the results that we're getting from Africa is it may be spreading, it may be infectious, but they're not, you know, they're not being hospitalized as much. So we don't know. But because it's spreading so quickly, people are getting scared and, well, so far we haven't had any restrictions. I mean, we've always had to wear masks. Um, mm -hmm. So, so, but they're saying that things might tighten up because of the Omicron variant, and they're trying to get people to have the booster. So now the third, the third vaccine to get it is quite vital. So, oh, I don't know. As I said, it just seems like it's never ending because there's going to be one, one, like type. And then next year we'll have another type, another variant. So it just keeps on, keeps on. So we're just really going to have to live with it. You know, it's like the flu, isn't it? You've got different strains of the flu. Mm -hmm. So 
it's just and people die unfortunately of the flu every year actually thousands and thousands of people that i don't think anybody actually took notice of until the coronavirus mm. actually turned up how has that affected your business though right yeah um well it actually hasn't i mean coronavirus was actually the start of actually doing really well for me because until that time i was thinking how am i going to make this happen and then when the virus hit the age of zoom and and the mm -hmm. internet started to come about and i didn't know what zoom was until march of 2020 so because of this i can do international things and i've had a lot of work internationally so the virus kind of has kind of ex excelled um, what i was trying to do so i'm kind of grateful on one respect for that <laughs> yeah a lot of people are looking at the virus as maybe I, mean, I hate to say it called a blessing, but a mixed blessing because, you yeah. know, they're able to like a lot of people were able to spend more time with their families now being quarantined and and locked down with their families. They got to spend a lot of time where the hustle and bustle of life. You don't get to do that. Um, like you just said, you discover new skills. Actually, Chats in the Block Cabin started out because of COVID. I was missing that human interaction, but I hated to be in front of the camera, but I learned to get through it and I learned to talk to strangers, which I was never good at. So you kind of have to push yourself out of the box to see it as a blessing. I think you have. And a lot of people, what you've done, I think they're finding it and that's the only interaction that they can have, but they're finding it like really, you know, helpful to them. And I think when the virus, last year I also started a course at the beginning of the year that lasted it was an acceleration business course and it lasted three months and if I'm honest I don't think I could have done that course if mm -hmm. lockdown hadn't been in place if everything was normal because I wouldn't have had the time but because you were forced to take time out I kind of had the time to do that three month intensive course so um, I think a lot of yeah as you said as a mixed blessing a lot of good things came out of the virus um, now that when when it kind of lockdown stopped and it was a little bit of a oh no i'm not sure i know how to go about my normal life now and how i'm gonna kind of make mm -hmm. it work so there was that as well when lockdown ended so i kind of had mixed feelings about that um so it took a while to kind of make a balance where i have other things to do and i have a social life and you know friends and family outside of my house mm -hmm. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Now tell people where they can find you if they want to learn out more or they want to listen to your album as well. Oh, thank you. Well, you can find me. I've got a website at amysinha.com. That's S-I-N-H-A. Uh, you can find me on all social media, TikTok as well, <laughs> um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and everything. And yeah, my music is all over, all over the downloading platforms. Just type my name in. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Amy, I want to thank you for coming on, for sharing. For I put you on the spot, but I did put it in the talking point. So there was one singer I like put on the spot. And I'm like, oh, man, I forget that sometimes they need to warm up their voice. And, oh, I need to make sure I add that in. But thank you for being <laughs> such a great um, sport about it and actually put, singing, singing us a little bit of a Christmas carol to help us into the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. don't worry and then people have asked me to sing all the time because i but over the years that's one thing that you're prepared for when you say you're a singer when even when you're out they go sing sing a song so i always used to make a joke but now i'm like you know what i'll just sing <laughs> <laughs> and i cannot wait to see what else you come up with and like i said thank you for coming on and for sharing your story about how something as devastating as your disease 
you've overcome it and you, I mean, you still suffer with it, but you don't let it define who you are. I try not to. Sometimes I, I it's not, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. It's not like some magic wand and, and you press it. it. It's a day, it's a day to day thing and it takes willpower. <laughs> so if I yeah. can do it, anybody can do it. I love that. So guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. Be blessed. And most importantly, remember, keep chatting. Bye. Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode.